ask most little boys what they wanted to do when they grow up, without fail, they would say they want to be a policeman or a fireman. This too was the dream of seven-year-old Bala Rama Naidu, who would sit on the roadside with his friends, watching officers in their dazzling uniforms as they drove into neighboring townships. With stars in his eyes and an unwavering respect for police officers, he overcame four failed attempts, and it was fifth-time lucky that gave the world Major General Bala Naidu. During our school days, you know, we used to watch. At that time, the police going to Bombay, you know, so they used to raid, and you know, we always wanted to look at it. So there was about three or four of us that were good friends, and we would always discuss. No, we all want to join the police. And when I left school at standard eight, I wanted to pursue my dream. And then when I went to the police station, they said, "Me nah, you're too young." I was 16, and they said, "No, you need to go back and come back at a later stage." And then when I turned 18, and when I went back, they said, "Me no, you're too small. Your physique is too small." So at that time, he was not built to become a police officer. So I still pursued it. And I think after about four unsuccessful attempts, the fifth one I went in and then I was taken. But then I got in at the railway police. And after about eight years, then we amalgamated with the South African police services. And that's how we ended up in this career. thing that really also drew me to it, paratness of the police, the way they behave themselves, how they sat on the vehicles. You know, there was really something exciting for us at those days. Because you don't see it. You only see it in the movies when the police officers will sit on the top of the bonnet and drive around. So, but it was very, very interesting. Joining the railway police was a stepping stone for Naidu, who retired in December 2017 after 41 years and 9 months of service. During this time, he has witnessed some of the most dramatic changes in South Africa. I was three months in the service when the Soweto rights started. But you could see at that time already, you know, the tension among everybody. It was really, really serious because they didn't know what to expect. So from that time, they already started to see you know what, things are not going to be easy for us. But you know, we took it now stride and said, no, we are here now, I need to go forward. But in terms of exposure to the real violent things, only came later. At that time, they were respected as police, unlike now. So at that time, you could make an arrest and the communities will help you. I tell you, some of these cases, we went now into rural areas where we'd go and meet the Indunas and we go to meet Amokosis. And they were very respected and we always followed the protocol because we respected that, that channel. And uh, when we follow the channel, you'll see you get so much of cooperation from them that they will tell you, go back to the police station. I will send this man to you tomorrow morning. And next morning, you see the suspect will come with the Indunas policeman to us. So that's a kind of relationship that we built and started working. So, you know, it wasn't so difficult for us. He has also been the voice of the South African Police Services as spokesperson during the change into post-apartheid South Africa. But the difficulty also arose now a little later when I became the communications and the spokesperson. And during that time, there's three things that really stand out for me. One was the floods. What was it? I think in 1987. And I just walked into communications at that time. And it was tough. You know, sometimes you come to see no crime. And then you see six and seven people killed. And among the six and seven people killed, you'll find two young children that have been butchered to pieces. You know, it's not always good. But you know, that was difficult for us. But sometimes you just put it through and you just have to look past. Because if you let that put you down, you can't go to the next scene. You can't investigate properly. You can't do anything properly. But also, the challenging time was when the state of emergency was declared. That was policing bad because then there was no respect for the community and that you could do whatever you want and how you wanted to police. So at that time they were very very repressive so there was no saying you listen to anybody you just do what you have to do. At the height of the apartheid now there was bombs that was going off everywhere and I was still at the communication then we had to go out to the scene of crime 
And sometimes, you know, you'll see some crazy things that are happening there. See, I remember now very distinctly that I was driving behind a bus in Gardner Street. I think I must have been about 30, 40 meters away from the bus when the bomb went off. And then you actually see the fire and people jumping. And then you have to stop and you have to run and see what you can do. So, you know, you, I've seen quite a lot. I've seen quite a lot. Growing up in the sugar estate of the now Phoenix north of Durban, Naidu has always been actively involved in helping the community. He remembers his early days helping the close-knit community on the north coast of Durban. I've come from a very, very small community. There was about 40 families that lived there. And you know, we always encouraged each other and they always encouraged me. I was one of the people that I was seen as somebody really special. I don't know why, but everybody saw me special. And if there was anything in the community, I would get involved, you know, assist people. When somebody is carrying something heavy, I would assist them. So that, that's the kind of person I was. And you know, we come from the poor background, so everybody was encouraging everybody. And nobody brought us down and said, you can't do it or you can't. And then also now, you know, my parents also, my, my especially more my father, because my mom passed at a very old, early age, putting me on and saying, you must study. And I would now start studying at four o'clock in the morning he would light the candle for me. He'd make my tea, put it in a flask. You know, there's a flask. I used to put in the tea and I used to drink it and I used to study. And that's how I started going through. And then I passed my sergeant's exam, warrant officer's exam, lieutenant's exam. The advantage of coming from a very small and a very poor community is that everybody sticks together and works together. And slowly that started. Now, when they used to have functions in the temples, we used to take control. The youth used to be active. We used to go, we used to do things. We used to clean vegetables, go to the market, buy the vegetables. So there's a whole lot of things that we used to do together. And from there it started. And then, you know, we had such a thing where we help each other. There used to be sometimes kids that don't want to go to school. We will go to the house, pick them up and take them with us. You know, so all those passions from there grew. And one of the things we learned to do is to live a very, very simple life. And I think that simplicity also turned in terms of now for us caring for the community. And I think that caring started from there. That's how we were brought up and that's I think, you know, paid dividends for us. Naidu has served in the Tamil Federation of South Africa for a number of years. He has a passion for the upliftment of the Tamil language and culture. A passion that was literally instilled in him by his grandfather. Now, me, I was given an English name. Okay, so my English name was Ernest. Now, my brother-in-law gave me that name. And uh, that time, you know, they saw English as something really good. You know, if you were an English person, your English name would excel and you'd be somebody. So one day we were speaking and I remember clearly we closed school and then we normally we'd go to my grandfather's place. And then all three of us now we were walking, uh, myself and two of my nephews. And uh, as we entered, I got a felt a heat in my back here. Yeah. And my grandfather stuck me with a stick. And then he said me in Tamil, in the Ketapaching, Ketapaching Upesada, means you don't talk these bad words inside. So I didn't know what it was and then I ran away. And the next morning when I was asking my granny, he said, no, it's because you're speaking English and coming into the house. And then from that time, you know, it changed. And then when we sit together, we normally have breakfast porridge in the mornings together. And then he said to me, he said, see, you're going to be somebody really different from everybody else. But you will have to first of all change your name. You have to change your name because I don't like this name. So that's where it really started off. And then sometime later when I got promoted to a lieutenant and then I became the spokesperson for the SEPs. Then I changed my name. I think I only used my name once in one of the newspaper articles and then I said, no, it doesn't sound right. And then I changed it. And that, from that time now, I changed my name to Bala. So everybody knows me as Bala. I was involved in temples, serving in temple societies. I served with Miyabang Child Welfare Society. I served with Playtime Nursery School. I served with Parasati Temple. So it started really there. And then I started slowly moving until 
Mr. Miki Chetty became the president of the South African Tamil Federation. And then we met. And then I told him, see, I would like to assist you. He said, that's very good. So from there started, and then I became now the president of the Tamil Federation KZN. And then we started all this program. We said, what do we need to do? Now 60 years old, Major General Bala Naidu is enjoying his retirement age with his family, but he has no plans to slow down. 41 years and 9 months was excellent. I enjoyed every single day of it. And I miss it now though. But uh, I think now I've taken a new lease in life. Found a way to relax. I go to the gym five times a week. I drop my grandson off at school. I do what I have to do. So I'm enjoying my, my, my life. Yeah. I can tell you I've got lots of plans to travel. So I have not started as yet. And then obviously now you know my focus very much on the community. So I'm very passionate about helping people. And now I want to help them. So I'm seeing and you know, I've still got a long way to go. I want to try and see if we can now uplift people's lives.